Hey, what's going on? Podcast 2. This is the 30th of November 2021. Just knocked out my lecture. Knocked out both endocrine system lectures. You know that uh, hormones are chemical messengers, right? With a very specific function, a lock and key arrangement when they bind to the target cell. For instance, growth hormone released by the anterior pituitary is going to produce a hormone that is going to quickly gain access to the blood supply and it's going to go far and wide everywhere, all these little capillaries, rich capillary beds throughout the body, and that hormone is going to disperse, it's going to be received by all kinds of different tissues, it might go to the muscles and make them bigger, stronger, more easily uh, able to repair, the bones make them bigger, stronger, and the liver helps synthesize proteins and you know, jack up the manufacturing plant that it is, all the tissues just provide more of the same. Hypertrophy in muscles, making them bigger, stronger. Bones, same thing. And over-secretion of growth hormone would result in something like uh, giantism, like Andre the Giant. Think about him, how gigantic he was next to his, uh, let's say, Hulk Hogan. The professional wrestlers of his day. Andre, it was said, would drink cases of beer, three cases of beer in a night. And uh, he would fart for like fucking five minutes or something like that. Just crazy. More of everything, if you can imagine that. Just everything is bigger. Everything requires more. More food. More fucking beer. All nine yards. So the endocrine system is very, very important so many different processes, so it's interesting. I struggled a little bit with the lecture, um, just getting up and running. I had showed up early this morning to set up for my exam in the lab, so I got there around 7.15, set all that up, which is, you know, it's quite the task, you know, get everything just right so that tests that your students are going to be taking is fair. They rotate, my students rotate through 25 stations. They'll have like an anatomical model or image or something at each station covering muscles and the nervous system and the ear and the eye. So there was like eye models and muscular system, you know, models with pictures on display of athletes with different, different kinds of actions. they were performing so so they rotate through that at 40 second intervals and then they go a second round of 20 seconds and uh, I could tell they were anxious so I got through the lecture no problem I get to the lab exam just did it and I could tell they're, and you ask them how they're doing and they're all kind of moping around like uh, I don't know most of them some of them were just moping, being like shrugging his shoulders. There's this young lady 
who's been reaching out to me. I guess she's having a tough time in life, you know, whatever is going on in her life. And I don't know if she's not feeling it or whatever, but if, if she's struggling in my class, I can only imagine what the rest of the curriculum is doing to her. I hate to see somebody on the ropes like that, you know, that you want to help them. But then you look around and you see, well, if this person can do it and that one can do it, and the average individual here is, is succeeding and, and busting their ass and has a degree of confidence, not everybody's going to be like that. It's sad. And that's in the classroom, and that's in life, you know? Sometimes you look at folks that have these assorted problems that that you can't chalk up to happenstance, you know? Not just a crappy roll of the dice. It's, it's negligence. It's maybe lack of ability in a particular area. Maybe they're not cut out for this or that. Or if they feel they're not cut out for it, that's enough, you know? Because our, our, you know, reality, we precipitate it. You know, I just read a scientific study that suggested that, and, and it can get complex. I'm going to try to keep this, I'm going to try to simplify it. The observer, like we as human beings living, the way we view the world We make, we like, we play a, a, a vital, important role in creating reality. I mean, and that might seem abstract or complex or whatever, but think about it. Your mindset, the way you view the world, is going to determine some of the things that occur, that happen to you. You know, they say whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. So you could think yourself yourself out of passing an exam or passing a course or realizing your dream of becoming a you know a clinician or whatever you want to do. Why are you in school? Uh, what are you? Uh, what are your ambitions? You know. can't mind fuck yourself. I'm trying to, I didn't tell him that, but I did give him a little pep talk. Told him to freaking get gritty. You know, if you got something, you better go after You got to put the freaking time in. If you struggle at all, you better find some mega nerd, A&P mega nerd and say, Hey, you know, how are you doing this? What are you, what's your strategy? Mind if I study with you? Can I ask you this question? You know, what is your approach to the exams? Somebody else might be able to help you. In the classroom and in life. You know? Might as well just segue into this because I could talk about this all day freaking long, but I had this this memory, this Facebook memory that came up. I tell you, you can talk all the shit you want about social media, or social as the kids are calling it these days, but how incredible is it that you can post something, you know, like uh, 
this Thanksgiving, this, this past holiday. If you share anything on Facebook about your family or the kids growing or milestones and stuff like that, happy times, they pop up. So I've seen Thanksgiving's gone by, past, you know, our, our searching for our, our first Christmas tree. All that stuff. I see all that stuff. It pops up, and I recollect about it, and I share it with my wife, and she goes, oh, that, that was a great day. You know, you think about all the things that you've done. It's important to look back, because you, you, know, you see these things, these milestones, these occasions, and the happiness, or, you know, what was I thinking then, or look how young the kids are, or look how far they've come, what are they doing now? It's good to be able to, for a frame of reference, you know, and just great to revisit that. And I'm glad that social media has this. I mean, I mean, you can look and you can review all this shit. It's just wonderful. So a memory popped up yesterday, just like it does every year this time. The 29th of November in 2015? 16? 16. Five years ago, yesterday, I was contracted by the Freeform Network I was hired. They called my office cold. Hey, we heard you, uh, uh, you know, we're looking for a boot camp uh, drill sergeant type. And, of course, I've been all about that for 15 years of my life, just being this fitness boot camp guy. And so they typed up drill instructor, whatever, and or some they heard of me somehow. I would love to know how they found me. But they found me, and they're leaving a message saying, hey, we have this thing going, this uh, shoot happening up here. We need kind of like a, a drill sergeant bully guy. And I said, okay. And they said, well, send us a, a audition tape, and so send us a video. So I send it to them. I abused my uh, front desk, my friend Nick, and I, you know, basically tell her to lock her body and, get your ass over here. What you doing, scumbag? I heard you're lazy as shit. You know what I mean? Like, I never talked to anybody like that. You know what I mean? Only tongue in cheek. So, the boot camp was all about motivating people. You, you know, that's that's what's what's ironic about it is that people think that that character was about. Oh God, well, you know, like at some point throughout, it was discipline. You know, it was like, hey, I'm in a mode. You know, you want somebody who's going to assume this role and like, tell you what to do. Like, if I ask you to, to do some jumping jacks, you don't fucking do it. Most people don't do that shit. Why? Because it's hard, and you got other shit to do, and you're lazy, and life takes you in another direction. But if you, show, if you sign up for a program that's a couple hundred bucks, and you show up several times a week at 5 a.m., 5.30, and work out, and, you know, I tell you what to do... You're just like, you're just in the process. If you can handle it, you know, if you're healthy enough to get out there and move your body a little bit, you know, you can be successful in the program. I'm going to tell you what to do. First exercise is side shot hop. Say it. Side shot hop, sir. To four count exercise, I'll count the cadence, you count repetition, start position, move. Red, hey. Exercise. A one, two, three. Everybody goes, one, 
One, two, three, two. One, two, three, three. One, two, three, four. So if you're listening, you're part of that program, or you heard about it, and you know it's something special, but... So the Freeform Network called me up. I'm like, ah, what's this? We got all these scammers calling up trying to take our money or commit us to some whatever. Buy their product, buy their service. And it's a pain in the ass. Always preying upon, you know, the small business person and the citizen. Guys, God, how many friggin' emails do you have to... Um, how many emails do you have to freaking review every single day, right? Endless list of emails, solicitations, all that stuff. Anyway, so they called up. Here I am sitting out front of the office right now. They called up uh, five years ago, five and a half years ago. Hey, we got the shoot happening at this date. We're looking for a bully character, a drill sergeant to motivate somebody. What do you think? Send us an audition tape. So I sent it in. And they liked it, and they hired me, and we negotiated, and this is when the shoot is. So I packed up all of my, um, all of my freaking some exercise gear, and I got in my camouflage outfit, and uh, I put a little ensemble together, and I drove out to Harrisburg, to Hershey, Pennsylvania, and this shoot was taking place on the campus of freaking Hershey Hotel, and there's quite an extensive grounds, and there's, an, there's a golf course involved, and so we were out there, like, on the golf course doing this, um, this shoot, and the, the program was called The Letter, and the scenario was that four friends would come clean with each other, they would each write a letter, well... Jane, uh, you're fucking lazy, and hey, Julie, uh, you, your breath is bad, and uh, Sarah, you are terrible with money, and uh, Olivia, you always pick the wrong guy, and so inspired by these letters, there would be like a challenge or a transformation that would occur whereby the um, that person who received the letter would have to go and change this, you know, do something that would motivate them and benefit them and change them from whatever state that they were in originally to a better state, improve their life. And so it was a pretty cool concept, and I was honored to be working with the young lady, 20-something, Andrea, and uh, she was from that area out in Harrisburg, and her and her friends wrote in and wanted to be on the show, so they won the opportunity, and they committed to it, and each had their scenario, as I said. So my friend, Andrea, she had to work on... Her friend said she was lazy, unambitious, like she settled. She lived in her parents' basement. She worked a job she didn't really have a passion for. She in and out of relationships, not happy, and all this stuff. So it was an embellishment. I mean, her friends did say that about her. And uh, they had to come up with a, you know, like, a label, so... And, which is crazy because when, you know, imagine your friend is saying that you're the lazy one and you're like, oh, yeah, I'll do that for a TV and they're going to help me and it's going to be a show. Well, it's freaking Hollywood, you know, kind of, sort of. So they are going to embellish and they're going to 
you're going to hear over and again. You got to hear Dr. Drill call you a scumbag and stuff. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I go out there that I set my, they told me to set up my, my little scenario and gave me creative license. Like, okay, you're just going to be here. They put me in a field and I encircled up with some gear and some kettlebells and some punching targets and stuff. And they pushed her out onto the field and there I was. And I just went off on her, you know, Hey, how you doing? You know, run, don't walk. Come on over here. Nasty thing. Yeah. Your friend said you're freaking lazy. Is that what you are? I'm here to change your freaking ass. I'm here to break you down and build you up. You understand that? You and me, let's go. And so I uh, posted this video snippet from Facebook. It really, it, again, thinking about these these Facebook memories, we can create these stories, you know, and we can save them. Uh, it's incredible, whether it's a picture you took last year or a family photo or a trip you went on and you get reminded. It might make you want to go on that trip again, you know. It might make you want to have that experience or seek that emotion um, of the memory. And so, it's quite interesting. So I did this thing. I basically abused her about 20 takes or something out in that field. And then after I called her on the carpet and and such, now we had like a, a team building thing, a confidence building thing, where they actually had a, an obstacle course, believe it or not, on the campus of Hotel Hershey. And they got ropes and they got, you know, uh, nets and they got all kinds of you know, repelling and things that um, they had her doing and I was at the bottom of the thing screaming at her while she was negotiating these obstacles climbing over things and you know gasping for air and I was like motivating her from the ground I'm like you can do it great job you piece of shit <laughs> and she was going through all this stuff and it was hard and they had like a stuntman up there helping her and they ordered lunch, and it was very professional. It was like a work day. It was interesting uh, being out there. I learned that a producer is a kind of a generic term. There's like a head-head producer who is like somebody who's really in charge. And then there's a bunch of other producers that do everything from the camera work to the directing to the, um, you know, the timing and the flow and the location of the shoot. And there's even a producer who goes at the coffee. They have different terms for these producers, but it was definitely a pecking order, and um, it was interesting to uh, to have a little, take a little glance into this world that I had, you know, was foreign to. I'm not starstruck, really, at all. So um, I'm not interested in Hollywood, but it was it was intriguing to be involved in this thing. It was a great experience and one that I really enjoyed savored with my family uh, they, they paid me 500 bucks and I had to freaking weasel that out of them because they were going to pay me like nothing and I wanted them to put me up in a hotel here I thought this could be a decent paying gig and maybe lead to something else and they left that open like well you never know what this could lead to um, but that was a freaking bunch of bullshit turned out to be I think it's five years later haven't gotten another gig but uh, they said okay we'll put you up in a hotel so they give me a fucking red roof in or you know some days in or some bullshit coming out there with my wife and two kids you know I want to have a good time we want to go to Hershey Park and we want to stay on this beautiful 
hotel grounds, which um, they, I guess they weren't going to pay for that. It's expensive. So they were trying to do everything on the cheap, right? So I had a buddy who has had some showbiz influence. My buddy, Mike Baldini. Uh, he works in radio. He works in advertising. He's He was on a producer for a radio show down in Philly. He's a pretty accomplished guy and a friend. So he, he set it up. He got us a hotel room, looked after us, made sure he gave us like a bouquet of flowers or something like that in the room. And so after I came off the cold, windswept uh, golf course, calling this girl names for eight or ten hours, um, walked into the lobby of the Hotel Hershey with camouflage and boots on and a friggin' camouflage hat and sea bags and stuff like that and there was my family so we got a nice meal before I can hit the rack I mean, it was a great experience that was it I made some friends on the shoot some different producers we talked to them I was asking them about the things that they're you know their life and what they're up to and um, you know, what their next project was and their, their shoots take them all over the place for that network and I just I thought it was very very interesting there's a union and everything, you know, all these folks. The camera guys were <laughs> fighting and arguing and calling each other names and stuff. I've been doing this for 20 years. Really? Well, I've been doing this for 18. <laughs> calling each other names. Um, but it was a great experience and something that I'll cherish forever from the berating of my staff member to audition for this thing. Uh, to the interactions with the different producers. They did say that, hey, you want to impress when this guy comes out, he's the, he's the big guy, he's the big producer. So you want to meet him. And uh, I met the guy, he was very nice. He said, oh, good, this is great, you've done a great job. Uh, you know, I'll use you for all my, my bully work, you know, tough guy stuff. And I thought, wow, that's great, you never know. The world might be the path to my door. And... Uh, yeah, I never pursued anything after that, any acting, but you never fucking know, right? You never know what's going to happen. So every day is a story, and you have to you have to be open to things like that. You have to be open to taking some chances and thinking outside the box. And I fuck, I'll tell you what, I went out there just like I'm recommending to these kids with their test-taking and their scholastic stuff and their future ambitions and goals. I freaking left it all out on that golf course, man. I screamed, fucking motivated this girl. I was, I had been suffering from a cold, uh, lingering cold five years ago, so it wasn't the COVID cooties, pre-COVID times. And I went out there and did this job anyway on a weekend and kicked ass, took names, screamed at her fucking thousand decibels. And, you know, I was hoarse. I had lost my voice after that. It was just a great, great time. And I did my best. And at the end of the day, this head producer who was said to work, have worked on Oprah, um, he was like, great job, you know, I'm going to use you. And, uh, and uh, that was the end of that story. But it was an interesting chapter in the uh, Dr. Drill playbook. You know, so definitely inspiring. It makes me feel like um, you never know what's coming around the bend what kind of opportunity or occasion or uh, 
opportunity to transform, to you know, rise to the next level or amuse yourself, come home with a win and whatever that means. So for my students, for my friends, for any listeners, I want you to be open to that, open to, uh, Watch yourself. Watch your mood. Don't fucking mope around. Always believe that you can come home with the win. Always find a way until you can develop some degree of confidence, a high degree of confidence in, you know, an expected outcome. If you have a positive mental attitude, if you, and you're willing to put the work in, you'll succeed. But if you, and we all do sometimes, if you're a fucking mope, and you think the sky is falling, it very very well might. You know, it's probable, in fact. We can we can will it. We can manifest that shit. So don't do that. <laughs>